0: What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. I hope you're having just a wonderful day. I hope you can feel God's presence and what he's doing, feeling the Holy Spirit. I just want to welcome you to Grace Church. Those of you that are new, uh, new to us here in person, new online, just welcome to, uh, welcome to be part of our family, part of our church. This is a great time. Uh, it's a great time of year. It's a great time for our church. Over these last several weeks, we've been talking about phase two of our capital campaign, uh, where, that we've called building a legacy. And so, what that is is people are making pledges and giving towards phase two, which is our FF&E and the AVNL. And so, th- thank you so much to so many of you that have been giving and have currently made pledges. And so, I just wanted to remind you, those of you who have not yet turned in your pledge cards, please do that today so we can make plans for 2021. And then if you want to do that online instead of in person, you just go to gracechurch.life and click on Building a Legacy. Uh, It's a great resource. You can just fill out the information right there. Quite honestly, that's what I did. I didn't fill out the card. I just We have the card as a display type thing, and so many things are electronic now. So we just fill out on, on, online. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. Uh, and here's the deal. The reason we're asking that is because we really want 100% participation. You know, when God is doing something significant, we want to be part of it. And so we want, we want you to be part of it because I feel that there's a special blessing that comes as a result of being part of what God is doing. And so when we give to that, it just is this incredible uh, just feeling of generosity and to be connected with the Lord. And I just, I think He sees that, and there's just this something supernatural that takes place for us. Uh, so I just would encourage you to do that. And even just during this time of Christmas that we see and that we feel, it's just, it's a time of giving. So whether it's, you know, you incorporate Grace Church as part of your Christmas giving or year end giving or whatever that looks like, uh, just is a, a great time of year. I know for me, I love the Christmas. Time, I really do I I get to drink hot chocolate every day and not feel guilty about it Uh, And and like it's okay, even though it's 80 degrees out sometimes like I still will drink it and enjoy I I love to put the peppermint in inside of my hot chocolate like and sometimes use a candy cane to stir it. It just I don't know what it is, but there's something about it Maybe you're that way too and just buying gifts and just the whole idea of christmas We understand that there's goodwill towards other people Right? Isn't that just the feeling that we get? We just have that warmth and that, that good feeling, and it's amazing. And Obviously, for us that follow Christ, we're celebrating Jesus' birth uh, and who he is as our Savior, and that's you know, the main reason to celebrate Christmas. And it's a wonderful time of the year, most of the time. I mean, come on, let's be honest, let's be real. We, we, we want to actually enjoy it, we want to love this season, we want to be full of, of God's presence, but sometimes our current situation actually will block that joy from fully occupying our mind and our hearts, isn't it? And, and historically, unfortunately, you see a rise in depression and in suicide during the time of the Christmas season. Like, it's terrible. I, I hate to see it. You know what's going on, and, and you, like it's, that's why we need to be reaching out to other people. And I, the reason I bring this up, and we're going to be talking about this on different levels over the course of this message, and the reason this is a big deal for us, and it, it should be really important because over the last nine months, there has been a significant increase in depression and suicide and and divorce and a number of different things that are happening because of the oppression that's taking place like in our country and in our world. And so I'm concerned, like I'm very concerned about these next several weeks. So it's important to me to pastor you as our church and to pastor those that are watching and connecting because it's a big deal. There's even a, a Gallup poll that was done recently, and there is only one demographic, one single demographic that has not seen a decrease in their mental health over these last nine months. And it's those that attend a weekly worship service. Those that attend a weekly worship service actually have seen an increase on their mental health and wellness and well-being. So it didn't matter about race. It didn't matter about political party or gender or economic status. None of them, all all of them saw a a decrease. Only those that go to church found themselves actually in an increase in mental health and so that's why we're talking about this this is a big deal for us you know we are a family we are the body of christ we are the church and i'm so glad that you're here i'm so glad that you're connected we need that i hope that you understand the importance of corporate worship and being and we know with other believers but i'll tell you what it, it causes concern for those that that aren't and that don't and that have disconnected from the church but the reality is is i mean we're still human You know, we're still human and have emotions and have a difficult time. And so Christmas, it just, it reminds us that we need light. We need the light of the Lord in our darkness. And so after Jesus's birth, Mary and Joseph uh, they took Jesus to Jerusalem because they were taking him there to do a dedication uh, at the temple. And, and according to the Old Testament law, what would happen is if, if you had you know, a male that was born, he would, he would be circumcised on the eighth day in the temple. And so there was a devout older man that was there that, that was part of uh, just the temple, and he was a worshiper, and so his name was Simeon, and he was a prophet. And he literally had this revelation from the Lord that he was going to be able to see the Messiah, before he would die and so he was there he was at the temple and so he got to prophesy over baby jesus on his eighth day uh, after being born so this is i want to read this to you this is really important in luke chapter 2 verse 29 here's what simeon's prayer was he says sovereign lord now let your servant die in peace as you have promised i have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people he is a light To reveal God to all nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. And so Jesus is the light that we need. When we feel that darkness, when we feel just that oppression that comes, the depression, like Jesus is the light that that comes. And Jesus even declared this about himself, Uh, and, and, and where Jesus was making certain particular I am statements is what they're called. Uh, and so he says, "I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the good vine or I'm the true vine, I'm the good shepherd." And Jesus also declares about himself, he says, "I am the light." And so in John eight twelve, this is what it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And so if you have the light of Christ in your life, there, there, there can be no darkness. There doesn't have to be darkness. But sometimes the darkness comes in, doesn't it? I mean, having light is a good thing. Because I don't know about you, but to me, darkness is scary. It is very scary. How many of you would be willing to raise your hand and admit that as a kid, you were afraid of the dark? Go ahead and put your hands up. Afraid of the dark? Yeah, absolutely. As a kid, go ahead and put your hands down. How many of you would be so bold? That even now, if you're like, let's say, a teenager, a young adult, adult, that even still, you're afraid of the dark. Go ahead and put your hands up. Yeah, it's just, it's reality. You know, still afraid of the dark. And I know for me, you know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I just, I was afraid. I, you would, you, why is the light switch by the door and your bed all the way on the other side of the room? You know, that just, it, I think that's a torturous thing that our parents did. Because I, like, I literally, I mean, I'm, you probably did the same thing where it's light switch off and it's how fast can I get to my bed? Like how many steps before I can fly across the room like, and, and still make my bed and, and not fall down on the edge of the bed because the monster will get you. Like he's there and he wants to get you. Like it just, it's scary. And so all throughout scripture, we, we get this. We see and understand the disparity, the contrast between light and darkness all throughout the bible god is the one bringing light and the devil our spiritual enemy he is called the prince of darkness you see this multiple times throughout scripture i want to share one example where uh, the apostle paul God had called him to, to go and start a, a, a number of churches, and so he's planting them. And this is what he says in Acts chapter 26, starting in verse 17. He says, I am sending you, this is God, like Jesus speaking, Jesus saying, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes, so they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And so it's easy for us uh, to understand the difference between light and dark. You know, I've got the spotlights on me so you can see my face. And so imagine if it was totally dark in this room. like, that, just You wouldn't see anything. And so we understand that. We get that. And so Jesus is the one who offers salvation. So that's the first point I want to share with you, is that the light reveals our situation. You know, so... If in your home, if you're the one responsible for, like, let's say, cleaning or vacuuming or whatever, here's the deal. If you know the, vacu- or if you know the carpet is dirty and needs to be vacuumed, you don't turn the light on, right? Because if the light's not on, then you don't see the, that the carpet needs to be vacuumed. You just kind of walk right over, and you're like, hey, no big deal. Out of sight, out of mind. Like if you don't want to see the, the blemish on your face because you're concerned about it, what, what it looks like, then you just you don't turn the bathroom light on. If there's no light to look in the mirror, you won't see it. That's just reality. And I I feel like on a spiritual level, the light is what reveals our sin. And so if you don't yet have Christ, there's a possibility that you may feel guilty. When you do certain things that are bad or wrong, or they make you feel bad, like you just recognize that they're not right towards other people, or, and, and so you feel guilty about that. And so we live in a world today where people don't want to admit their guilt. We, we don't. Like, if, if we're truly honest at the core of who we are, you know, we don't want to apologize. We don't want to say we're sorry. We would rather blame other people. Well, you know, I did that and I said that because my boss and like at work, and it's I feel I don't feel appreciated at work. So I'm gonna say things about them behind their back. We make excuses all the time. If we didn't follow through on a promise, well, you know, the pandemic, like it just it makes everything hard. So I couldn't, I couldn't follow through on that. And we won't take responsibility for something that we're supposed to or or be responsible for. We rather. Just blame other people or, or you know, we, we'll never admit guilt. And so one of the things that we have to recognize is because there is light, Jesus is the light of salvation, that we are sinful. In God's eyes, we are sinful. We have sin, and the light reveals our guilt. And that's a struggle that, that we experience and deal with for those of us that are not in Christ. And so let me just ask you just, you know, just something fun and just to kind of expose our guilt Uh, Before the lord and before ourselves and to to really just kind of have some self-awareness for who we are like how many of you I'm not going to have you raise your hand or whatever But so how many of you would just in your head you would go you realize that you have broken Some of the ten commandments one of the ten commandments you you know There's a number of them like if you've lied before if you've lied to other people and so just all of us have lied We've lied before. How many of you, you know, you've stolen something? You've stolen something, you know, maybe even a church pen. You know, all our pens are missing, so bring them back. No, I'm just kidding. Like, you, you, like we steal stuff. We're like, oh, I like that one, you know. just, just we, You know, we, we steal stuff. We take things. That, so I just, I'll share a personal story. When I was in college, uh, I, I was very fortunate to be, to be able to, to play baseball and stuff, and, and so one of the things that we would get is we would get some gear and stuff, and, and it was cool, and, and I enjoyed that. Well, there were some other things that I wanted that were like in the, in the baseball clubhouse, and, and so I helped myself. Uh, there, there was a particular bat that I wanted, and, and there were some socks and stuff, like sponsor socks, and, and I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to take those before the end of the semester. Season was done. We were all going home. I went and I helped myself, and, and I stole them. Like, the, I, I can say that I deserved them or I, I didn't get mine, that kind of thing. But no, 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 no. Like, I took them. And so I felt so guilty uh, for this that here, I never used the bat and I never took the wrapping off the socks for years, years and years. I, I think it was about six years that I held on to this bat and I held onto the socks and never opened them. Never wore them, not once, and finally just, I felt so bad, and I knew it was wrong, that I, I packaged them all up, and I mailed them back to, to the baseball program, and I did not put my name on it. Uh, I just sent them back, I'm like, I'm done, like, I'm, ugh, and I never used it. I mean, gosh, it just, so we take things, and so we think we have, we're justified, and it's not, and we feel guilty after it happens, and I mean, how many of you just, you've, you've used the Lord's name in vain? right? You, you're hammering something, and, and you hit your finger with the hammer, and you're like, I'm so glad I did that. That feels so good right now. I mean, you. and so what comes out, you know, in those moments of, of frustration, and anger, and pain, and, and I, I, I don't, I, I'll, I'm going to go another level deeper, like if that's okay, and I know you probably don't want to admit this, but how many of you have looked at another person with a lustful intention, with lustful thoughts, and it's like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe he just said that. And yeah, I mean, think about what Jesus says about his commands and, and the level that he wants us to live. And so, I mean, we lie, we steal, we blaspheme, we cheat, we're adulterers, we're sinners. Like we sin all the time. <laughs> Aren't you so glad you came to church? Like, Don't you just feel better about yourself? You're like, yes, and I'm gonna watch this one again online later, you know? I thought you were going to cheer me up, the whole Christmas thing. Like I, no, it's hard, isn't it? It's just reality. It's just, man, it's such a struggle in who we are. And so we see ourselves as sinners. And we see ourselves, we see the darkness that actually is within our heart. And I, I'll tell you, what it does is it reveals our need for a Savior. And so when we're willing to just accept who we are and, and that we struggle without the Lord, but with the Lord, everything changes. Like the whole perspective changes. So there is good news. And it's number two, and it's the light reveals God's grace for us. And so the sadness that you feel, the depression, our sin, all of it can be dispelled if we just allow ourselves to receive God's grace. There's a great verse in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, and it says this. It says, so let's, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So in this time of year, you know, when giving and receiving of gifts is just part of the season, you know, some of us, like, I, I like to receive gifts, and I like to give gifts too. It just, it gives me this fulfillment, and it's just, you know, it's a major focus. And so we need to be willing to receive the gift of God's grace in our life. Because we, we love to, to receive gifts and give, give gifts, and so our Heavenly Father, it, it, He gives every perfect and good gift to us. He loves to do that. He loves to shower down gifts on us. And so grace is one of his gifts that he gives to us. And so I just want to share with you, receive it. Like God our Father, our lovingly, loving dad is saying, hey, I want to give you this amazing gift of my grace. And so many times we go, oh, no. And we, we don't feel worthy or we push him aside or we say, no, no thanks. Or I mean, if I told you, if I said, hey, I've got this beautiful brand new mercedes just right outside with a big red bow on it and i want to give it to you would you look at me and go nah no thanks like you wouldn't do that you would go sweet where's the key like come on baby like let's go i've been like that would be amazing i mean none of us would so why why is it that we are then resistant to the gift of god's grace and it's the gift that will take our guilt away We are. We're resistant towards receiving that. Several years ago, I read a book uh, called God Chasers. You know, I I put it as part of my my quiet time, my devotional time, my reading, and and, and the whole entire book really was about chasing after God, but the reality that we have to have brokenness in our life, that we need to be broken in order for us to chase after God at the level that He wants us. So there's a great amount of surrender. There's a great amount of just recognizing that our, we, we need to be in desperation for him and our brokenness before him. And, and I, was, I remember reading just part of this book early one morning, and I'm out in the living room and stuff because and, uh, I, I, like, I like to get up early. So I was reading, and I, I literally it just it broke me. You know how there's times when the Holy Spirit just comes on in a tangible way, and you go, oh, like, oh, my gosh, and it's powerful and strong. And so literally I'm crying. Reading this book, and Nicole comes walking out of the bedroom, and she's like, What's going on? I'm like, I need God so bad in my life. Like, I just, I was broken, you know, before Him. And, and it, to me, it, it wasn't sad or bad or wrong. Like, it was a beautiful, strong experience that I had with the Lord. It's, it's like an act of worship where, you know, Mary breaks this alabaster jar of perfume over Jesus' feet, and, you know, and some, some scoffed at it. It's like, No, 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 this is amazing. The beauty and the brokenness before the Lord. And so his grace and receiving it, it changes everything in our life. It changes the way we see ourselves. It changes the way that we'll look at other people. I mean, think about it. If you are willing to receive God's grace and recognize yourself as a son or a daughter of the king, then then you're not what you did. So often we we look at what we did and we go, oh, it wasn't right, and and we feel guilty. You're not who they say you are. You are who God says you are when you receive his grace. If you're willing to walk in that, it's it's incredible. It's so uplifting and liberating. But unfortunately, there are accusers in our life. Sometimes we accuse ourselves. We, We call ourselves guilty. Other people will look at us and say things, and certainly... There, there is the voice of the enemy where he is constantly accusing us of things because he does not want us to experience the light of, of God's grace and the light of salvation. He wants to put those negative thoughts in our head and held us hel- held down, depressed, oppressed by him. And some of you, you know those accusers and those negative thoughts that the enemy constantly is bringing against you and saying to you, you know them just like I do. He attacks us in different ways, but we are vulnerable and and, and have weaknesses. It's the voice that said, you know, after what you did, there's no way that God is going to love you. How many times have you heard that before? After you messed up, there's no way. Gosh, you messed up so bad. Can God really forgive you? That other person that you did that against, they're never going to forgive you. After all you've done, There's no way God can use you to make a difference. Like That's impossible. I mean, I I don't know what those statements are that the enemy uses against you, but you probably do. Uh, So please recognize that that's the voice of the accuser. That's not the voice of our Savior. That's not the voice of our Heavenly Father. And so we have to recognize that because Jesus says that I am the light of the world and that whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Like, that's the difference, and that's amazing. And so we're guilty, right? We're guilty of our sin, and we know it, and we deserve punishment. But because of God's love, but because of his grace, he offers that to us instead of guilt, instead of sadness, instead of oppression. So we need to be able to push those things aside and allow the light and the the, the salvation of God's grace to change us, forevermore. And so the, the reality that we have to understand is this is amazing for us. Like, we love that. I hope that you feel better. Maybe you came in sad or you're watching this and you were down a little bit and you're going, wow. Like, you, you know, so that's the Holy Spirit just re- releasing grace upon you. And it, it feels great for us. But like, like I said, you know, many times this, this time of the season is partly for us to receive gifts and we can receive God's gifts, but it's also partly giving, you know, goodwill towards other people. And so if you're struggling with sadness, the joy that the light brings, the light of Christ that it brings in our life, it's got to be shared. Like it's got to be shared with other people. And so there is nothing like wearing love out and showing the love of Christ towards other people. And so if you're down, like if you're down, if you're struggling, the one thing I want to share with you that will cause you to be boosted up a little bit Well, to share that light with other people. And so that's the third thing I want to share with you. The light is for other people. The light is also for others. It's for someone else. The best thing that you can do when you're struggling with sadness and depression is to bless somebody else. In whatever form or fashion that is, like whatever gift God has given you, use it to bless another person. Like And I promise you, just that joy in being generous, that joy in being given will, will fill you up, and that's the Holy Spirit, and that's amazing, and that's incredible. And so the way that we talk about this here in Grace Church is our circle of five. We've talked about this a number of different times. So every single one of us, we have at least five people that the Lord has put in our life that we have influence on or relationship with or that, that they need us. That they need us to be Jesus to them. So I want to just ha- encourage you over these next couple of weeks, right? It's the Christmas season. How are you going to show the love of Jesus, the grace that God has gifted us with? How are you going to give it to your circle of five? What does that look like? It might just be a Christmas card. Awesome. It might be a gift or a kind word or inviting them over. I mean, gosh, finding uh, maybe one of your circle of five is a single person. Single people struggle the most during the holidays. Whether they're single and homeless, whether they're single and divorced, whether they're single, not yet married, widowed, widower, like oftentimes. Why? It's because Christmas is known as the time that we spend with family. What do you do if you don't have any family? Are you kidding me? Like, man, it just, it's just, it's hard. It's a challenge. So if one of your circle of five is a single person, like, please, please invite them into your family. Whatever that looks like, shower God's grace on them. They need it. Because they're thinking right now, it's like, man, what am I going to do? Christmas Eve dinner, I'm, oh my, Christmas morning, wake up to an empty room, empty house. Like, oh. Put yourself in that place and understand just the magnitude of it. So how, who are you going to wear love out and love on your circle of five? God has put them in your life for a particular reason. Man, it just is, it, can you imagine just the joy that's going to come in their hearts when you and I just step out and live into God's grace that he's gifted with us and shower it on them And until so it is for other people? And so if, I, just, I hope that you're encouraged with that. I hope the, the faces have popped in your mind and, and just as an encouragement to you. And, and I also want to take a minute right now as part of this service and, and share part of this message that I was talking about was our willingness to receive God's grace. And so if you right now, if you look at, at your life and you feel guilty uh, because of your sin, then if you know Christ, then you're not walking in the forgiveness that God gives. But if you're a person that you have not yet made a commitment to follow Christ, then that guilt is very normal. It's, it's very normal as a response because we know. Like we do lie and steal and cheat like we do. And, and we're like, oh, it's not right, it's wrong. And so in scripture, it's, it, it's called a sin. And a sin is literally missing the mark. So what happens is God lays out you know, kind of a target for us to hit, to go after. And so a sin is like missing the mark entirely. And it's doing things contrary to what the Lord calls us to. And so, if you have not yet surrendered your life, experienced that brokenness where you just are willing to, to turn your life over to Christ, because the only way that our guilt is removed, that our sins are forgiven, is because of Christ. That's the only way. You and I, we can't do enough good during this Christmas season to outweigh the bad that we've done in our life. There's no way. There's not a balance like that. It's only by God's grace that we get to experience salvation and, and forgiveness and cleansing and ultimately eternal life when our, when our days are, are come to an end. And so if you haven't made a commitment to follow Christ, you're going to have that opportunity to do that right now. And maybe just in your life, you, just, you aren't connected with the Lord in the way that you're supposed to be. And, and, and you go, gosh, all this Christmas stuff and, and the birth of Jesus, I know that's the reason, but I don't feel close. And so we're going to deal with that. Like for us here at Grace Church, we talk about how you can just simply make a recommitment to follow after the Lord and surrender to Him and and just relinquish your authority and control and say, God, I need you. And that's what God is longing for. He's a loving dad, and He loves it when His kids come to Him and say, I need you. I want you more than anything. And He offers that to us. And so if you guys here in the auditorium Or if you're watching online, if you'd be willing to bow your head and close your eyes. Just kind of have this moment between you and God. This is you and Him. and, And the thing that's really challenging, I know for me, is God knows the things that we've done wrong. That's extremely revealing and very humbling. And so because He sees those, He knows that we have sin in our life. He wants to deal with it. That's why He sent Jesus. And so right now, if you look at your life and you go, I I need that, I need Jesus, I need forgiveness, I need cleansing, if you're here in the auditorium, if you'd be willing to just slip your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. I I, I need to recommit my life to Christ. I need salvation. I need Jesus. I I need this this new life in him. Yeah, thank you so much. I see your hands. It's a big deal. You know, this time of Christmas is celebrating Jesus' birth and he had to be born so that he could die for us. So, man, thank you so much for having the boldness to slip your hand up. That's a big deal. I know those of you watching online, if that's you, you know, just it's super important to acknowledge this before the Lord. And he sees our heart. So what we're going to do now is because God sees our heart, I want to lead you just in a prayer. And so wherever it is that you are, just pray this prayer with me. And and it's going to be a simple prayer of, of acknowledging our need for God, for Jesus, that our life would change. And turn around so if that's you just pray with me right now wherever it is that you are just say something like dear God I know I need you God I have guilt in my life I have things that I've done wrong and I feel shameful I feel bad and so God right now I thank you so much for sending your son and Jesus I know that you are real that you're true that you're right that you lived a perfect life and you died because you love me. So right now, I surrender my life to you. I commit to follow after you. Would you come in and change me? Would you restore me? I'm tired of the weight of the past, and I want to have a fresh start and a new beginning in you. I commit my life to you. And Father, I just, I want to pray a special blessing on all of us, Lord, as we are are walking in your spirit and receiving your grace. God, would you help us to be that Christmas miracle to other people? Lord, in the words that we say, with, with blessing them with resources and finances, with blessing them with relationship, Lord, that we would be a Christmas miracle to others around us. Lord, I pray for just an incredible open door of opportunity like never before to talk to those that are sad, to to help them with their oppression and depression that that they're feeling and experiencing. Lord, that that light, that 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 the light that we have would be shown on them and with them and just that that their burdens would be lifted because of you and for your glory. Lord, use us powerfully in our community and with our friends, Lord, at work for your glory, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.